VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. All right, everybody. This Halloween, we're hosting a virtual live show with our good friends over at Colt Podcast. We're doing a double feature, uh, and it's part of uh, Panic Fest online tricks and treats event. Because of the pandemic, a lot of us aren't able to properly celebrate our favorite time of year. However, now we have an opportunity to have some spooky fun and help us out with some friendly folks in Kansas City. This is more, we're doing a, we're doing a team up as Horror Virgin and Cult Podcast, not romancing the pod, but it's still going to be fun. Yeah, so 25% of each purchase goes to help keep the Screenland Armor, one of our favorite theaters in America, in business. Additionally, we'll be releasing some limited edition merch. And from now until Thursday, October 8th, you can pre-order your own piece of Horror Virgin and Cult Podcast history. Tickets are on sale now for $20, and our shirts are available for $25. However, we're offering a bundle for $40 where you get both. It's going to be so much fun, and we can't wait to see you all there. More information is available at cultpodcastshow.com. Remember that these shirts are super limited edition and are only available for pre-order until October 8th. See you all soon. Mmm, ooky spooky. Ooky spooky. I don't need no wine and dine. I want something high class. High class. Like spending my nights at home romancing the podcast. Take a deeper dive into these movies that I trash. Trash. Me once in a bookstore. Smash roll call Todd Page the, the other guy oh yeah Mikey Mikey Thank you for tuning into Romancing the Pod. You had us at hello, I'm Paige Wesley. I'm Mikey Randolph. And I'm Todd Schlosser, and this week we watched What, what If, if? <laughs> And really, it should be, what if I cheated on somebody and wanted to feel better about it, so I wrote a screenplay about it? What if Paige and Mikey fought about a movie for 24 whole hours? And then, <laughs> and then recorded a podcast. I am so dreading this right now. I'm like, I've got my boxing gloves on. Like, like, <laughs> at least Todd was like, it's real watchable and cute. And then Paige was like, here's an academic point-by-point tank down of everything about this movie. Oh, and listen, we are going to take it down, Mikey. You're going to hate this podcast so much. I'm here to defend it. I'm going to, uh, let me go into why I picked it. Okay, so yeah, Mikey, you've clearly seen this movie before, right? I like this movie. This movie cheers me up sometimes when I'm sad. That is insane to me. That but go is ahead, crazy. Please go on. It's nice to know that there are other characters who have similar character flaws that I do. And I think that's a, I think that's an important thing to say off the bat. Okay, so in my past, so I didn't really start dating much until I was 30. That, we, I, I can talk about that. I think we talked about that at one point, but yeah. We talked about that. Yeah, yeah. I had some vulnerability issues. So I would get into friendships where there would be blurred lines on both sides, and I wasn't good at setting boundaries. Sure. And I like the character of Wallace. He likes the movie The Thing. I like the movie The Thing. Oh he my goes God. to the movies by himself. They featured all my favorite movies in this right. movie. Yeah, and it just made me angrier every time they did it because I was like, they don't deserve Princess Bride. Oh, they do not. <laughs> so I am scared because I'm gonna get my ass torn apart. Yes, this whole episode. You are for, the, for liking the movie and my personal choice and life. Yeah, Mikey, I know too much about your life for you to have picked this movie. <laughs> but I mean, I did have some friendships like this when I was had vulnerability issues. It was easier for me to be vulnerable in friendships than sure in romantic relationships until I went to therapy. Does that make sense? I get all of that. Yeah, and I like the movie because it makes me laugh, and I don't. I know it doesn't make Paige laugh. Not at all. It's got a lot of charm. It's pretty 
cute. And I and it, and it, it kind of glosses over a lot of serious stuff. But like, again, I watch romantic comedies for fun. It's goofy a little bit. And I like happy endings. But they kind of tack on a happy ending. And I think they did it wrong. They could have had a happier ending. I, and, I, I, and I see I see both of them writing of like their takedown of my I, I feel like I'm at the well, debate. No. Okay. So- <laughs> <laughs> Mikey, you are not someone's crazy uncle. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mikey, I think you and I agree on what the correct ending should be. So when we get to the ending, we'll talk about it. I can't wait to hear that because you guys literally had a conversation through our Facebook Messenger. We text. have had a conversation since 1030 p.m. last night. I and know. It made, I woke up, continued it, went back to sleep, <laughs> woke up, continued it again. I know. Yes. I was editing our Horror Virgin episode and I could not be a part of it. So I am excited to actually have the conversation with you guys now. Paige made me doubt the movie where I had to look at reviews and read a bunch of reviews like, am I insane? Am I the only one who loves this movie? Everyone who wrote review, because I went and read almost every single review about this movie on Rotten Tomatoes after, because I was like, am I fucking nuts? No, I'm not nuts. Every bad review of this movie is almost verbatim what I typed into our text thread. And I was like, fucking thank you. And every good review is like what I'm saying, which is like, it's got a lot of flaws, but it's really cute. And I kind of like watching these kind of movies. Every review is like your review, which is this touched me in a personal way. And so I'm going to ignore some of the facts on the screen. (laughs) Pretty much the subtext of every review that was positive was I once cheated on my boyfriend and I want to feel okay about it. So I like this movie. Okay. Okay. I will say that they didn't. Okay. Let's start. You want to start this out. I firmly believe Wallace's intention was not to cheat with her. Well, he did. I have notes about his previous relationship because that was my first part of that was the first part of the movie i got to where i was like oh fuck him then Paige, just so we can clarify for the listeners you've never seen this before right this was the first time I, last, <laughs> night, last night was the first time i saw this movie and it will be the last yeah same this was the first and last time i will ever watch this oh. movie i hated this movie so much let's all call this out that he said this is very charming and very watchable and very I, funny I will he said it. all of these things in Facebook chat. <laughs> Go to the DMs. <laughs> I will release the tape. <laughs> and this is something I, I talked about when we talked about reviews where you were like, it's got a lot of good reviews. I was like, yeah, it had real cameras and good actors in it and it is a movie. So like, like we can't compare this to the lucky one, which is fucking nuts. I wish we could though because that was awesome. I wish we could. Uh, But like this is a movie that someone set out to try and make a good rom-com and just failed and so by its own nature it's going to connect with people and there are going to be people that like and give this movie good reviews even though it is a kind of a bad movie one more caveat for why i like this movie (laughs) and i will be vulnerable here and say that maybe i've done this a couple of times what that's called in my field is a pattern (laughs) yeah yes i've you know dealt with consequences of this kind of thing of these behaviors and grown and and like you know things i wish that showed more in the ending but we'll talk about it when we get there right. but it's nice sometimes to watch a character i relate to even based on unhealthy patterns and then sometimes even get an unhappy ending of like okay maybe not everybody is as fucked up as i am does that make sense <laughs> i mean yeah sort of because when i watched this movie i felt like ben uh and watched ben go through what i went through with my last girlfriend when we had been together five years and she met someone at work and she cheated on me with them so yeah yeah but she physically i mean like but this this is more this wasn't like they were like having sex everywhere they never they never physically have sex while she's oh no but they still fully cheat on it is a full-blown emotional affair yeah Yeah. it's an emotional affair 
You're saying that like it's not a bad thing. It's a very saying, bad thing. No, I'm thing. saying it, but that's not exactly what happened to you. But that's where it starts. All affairs start as emotional affairs. Yeah, yeah. Right, but I've been a part of emotional affair. And like, I like a movie that's like, let me show you how this could happen and why it's bad. But that's not what this movie yeah, does. But this- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this movie's like, let me show you how this could turn out great. Let me show you the blueprint for how to cheat on something. Yes. My mom always said, and she listens. If they're not married, it's fair game. That's that what, is and not I, I, Wow, that's a <laughs> terrible thing for anyone to say ever, Mikey's that mother. That sets people's relationships up for failure in general. Wow. That is a horrifying now, granted, way to think. She only told me that back in my 20s. My mom was basically saying, like, take it where you can get it. It's basically like- That's also bad advice. That's yes. how people get syphilis and shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got to get to this fucking movie because it is objectively very bad. All right, so we cut to Wallace is sitting on the roof of the house where he lives playing a voicemail from a girl who is basically trying to apologize for cheating on him. And it says that he saved that message for 379 days and then he's now finally deleting it. Yeah, so it was over a year ago that she cheated on him. Yeah, and he deletes her whole contact, not just the message. It's what you should do. I'm going to devil's advocate here, Todd, because the message she sends is basically like, I want to talk about this. Yeah. And I'm not saying that you have to stay with that person. I would never argue that. But what I am saying is, the fact that he will not even talk about it. I think they lived together. I think it was implied they had to have conversations about it. From what the movie says, they never spoke after. That's why she's leaving that message. I'm also okay with that. And then he just deletes it. Here's my thing. As someone who is in a long-term relationship and has been in a long-term relationship as an adult, I have gotten to a point where in my relationship, sex is just one facet. Yeah, that's true. It is one part of a much greater whole. And there are things about my relationship that I would hardcore defend and be willing to even overlook something like this depending on the situation to save a relationship that I care about. I think there's a lot of pieces that go into that. I don't think it applies in every situation. I don't think that you should expect everyone to take everyone back. But I am saying that depending on how it happened, I, in my personal life, I would need to talk about it with that person. To even see if you could. Yeah, to even see if I could, to see what the context was. Like, is this one mistake or are they having a full-blown extra family or something? You know, like, what is it? Why did it happen? That's what I need to understand before I make a decision. Some people might get caught or, like, confess, and then, like, they, like, go to therapy and then, like, stop or whatever. It's not like, if it becomes a pattern, it's it's like a problem. Right. The difference between if somebody came to me and was like, I fucked up and I'm sorry and I will never do it again and let's work on this. That's a whole different scenario than me just catching somebody and whatever. But like the fact that he doesn't even seem to want to talk to it or explore it and she still very much clearly cares about him for me suggests that he is kind of a selfish person. He's only thinking of himself and not the relationship as a whole. That is a hot take. I'm just going to say you're in a relationship with somebody. You got to communicate with them even when it's hard. And it doesn't mean he has to stay with her. It doesn't mean that they have to end up together. He's got to talk to her about it. I think if he didn't talk to her, I, well, first, I think I think it's a personal choice if infidelity is something you accept or not. Yes. If, you, if that is a hard line or not. Agree. I, sure. think that is a, I think that is a fine personal choice. If he made the choice never to talk to her again, I think that's an okay choice. I mean, I, 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 
I I would have to talk because when I'm fighting, I have to have the last word. But <laughs> but also because the fact that he related to his parents' relationship so much in that situation, I think that right. was a double like activation for him of like Agreed. I'm becoming my parents. I'm 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 hitting the ejection. I button. think that's why he dropped out of med school too. He was like fuck yeah. all yeah. of absolutely life. Yeah. absolutely. I think he took a hard nosedive for a year. I think it's selfish in the fact that he took the hurt of someone cheating on him so badly that it ruined his life for a year at least a year that we know of and then when the opportunity is presented to him to hurt someone else in the same way he does it yeah yeah i think he was like not gonna sleep with her i don't want to cheat and i think he was not prepared for the emotional the blurring of friendship to emotional affair kind of lines that they have but that's the uh, that's the thing sleeping with somebody is not the line that's not the boundary oh i i know but that's what he thought because that's what he caught his girlfriend doing there's no we don't get the context of that or their their parents affairs so he finally found somebody he felt a little connected to i see i disagree i mean we got to get through the next scenes but he says literally like two scenes from now he's going to make a choice that is definitively going to hurt ben he's a bad guy from jump street yeah he's always the villain through this entire movie <laughs> but let's get further into this just, movie yeah. <laughs> because people make bad choices doesn't make them a villain but if they always make the wrong choice yes. but it's self-serving for them and them only they are the villain and that is what he does he knows what he is doing is wrong and is choosing to do it anyway he is justifying it in his head of well if i don't tell her how i feel and i keep all my feelings secret and i just be friends with her quotation mark then i'm not hurting anybody that's how he justifies it through the whole film and that's incorrect because they progress their relationship and he's making actions to do so. He's mm -hmm. finding time to see her. He's finding things to connect with her about. He is fostering a relationship and actively playing a part. We've got to we've got to move on. We'll talk know, about all of this I stuff know. as we go through it. We got to move on. <laughs> But so is she. Yes, they're both horrible people. Yeah. They're both terrible people. But let's move on. We'll talk about how bad they are as we go through this movie. It'll become very clear to everyone, except for Mikey. Yeah. So we cut to a, a party where Daniel Radcliffe is playing with the like fridge poetry magnets. Yes. Which I actually thought was pretty fun and pretty cute. Yeah. And he's making like a fridge poem. It's like a fridge haiku. Yeah. And and he says that he she kind of comes up behind him. He says it was going to be an anonymous fridge poem. <laughs> we cut back later and she is kind of messed with the poem. We learn that she is Adam Driver's cousin. Yeah. Which is Harry Potter's best friend. Yeah. Adam Driver was his college roommate, which, by the mm. way, never explained how British people get to Canada, why he and his sister are there, or why the other British person in this movie doesn't use a British accent. I will say, like, they have the queen on their money. Yeah, like, yeah exactly. Yeah. So, like, that's, that's true. That does not that's bother true. me at all. They're a colony, right? Or whatever. I, I honestly don't know. <laughs> Canada's way more friendly about the whole immigrant thing. I, I think, <laughs> I, for me, I was just like, if we're going to have Daniel Radcliffe be British, why can't Rafe Spall be British? Everyone yes. be British. I don't give a shit. Anyway, so Adam Driver's his college roommate. While he's kind of introducing him to the girl whose name is Shantry. It was, it was with a C, but it was Shandry with a C. Shandry. Okay. Yeah. Good Lord. This whole thing was written by a guy who cheated on somebody and it ended badly and he wanted to rewrite the ending. And I bet that person's name was Shandry. I feel like this was written by a person who cheated on a game of Trivial Pursuit and this whole movie and all of the dialogue seeks to mend those wounds <laughs> because the very <laughs> next section is him like 
correcting her on how to say the word forte, which like, dude, no yeah. one does this. No one is like, oh, grammar, let's talk about it for 20 minutes. And I feel <laughs> like <laughs> they say he hasn't been out of the house in a year. This is what all parties will be like after COVID. That's probably true. But like <laughs> my this is my first writing note of this movie. Everyone in this movie has the same voice. Yeah. Everyone has weird facts. Everyone has weird quips. Honestly, it's like anything Aaron Sorkin writes. It's very yeah. quick witted, but it's all from the same voice. But it's also not quick witted because it's just facts, which I looked up a bunch of those facts later. So we have some fun. <laughs> we have some fun fact facts. Fact facts. I'm, I'm feeling very, very vulnerable this podcast. Oh, very, Mikey, very this is not going to be a fun experience for you. My frustration is because I feel like there are other films that do this more effectively. I think Juno is a great example of it, where, again, you have a common vernacular for the movie, but it still somehow doesn't impede on the characterization of the individual characters. I feel like the only people to really rise above this dialogue is Adam Driver and his girlfriend, and everyone else just gets bogged down in disputing random facts about poop for a lot of this movie (laughs) oh yeah i honestly found the dialogue between daniel radcliffe and zoe fun but also sort of like okay we shouldn't be talking about elvis dying with poop in his colon for three to five scenes and that's all they've been talking about well it's i think it's because we don't learn much about them as people like that was something i realized as i like left the movie i was like what's daniel radcliffe's hobby who is he as a person what does she do besides being an animator we don't really meet them we don't really know them she judges her sister for being sex positive and then cheats on her boyfriend that is zoe's character (laughs) the movie's cute (laughs) disagree anyway so they they have kind of a fun connection at this party they talk Adam Driver abandons them immediately to go hit on a girl who's looking for her friend Becky. We don't find out until halfway through the movie that her name is Nicole. So I just have her as like Becky's friend. <laughs> she's the girl from Halt and Catch Fire. That's the only thing yeah. I've ever seen her in. And she's great. She's a great actress. She And she was great in this too. Yeah, I thought she was great. Uh, yeah. By the end of the party, they're getting it on. Like they oh, are yeah. having sex on the couch and everyone's just around. Yes. And Daniel Radcliffe kind of tries to walk chandry home he does walk her home yeah and she seems kind of apprehensive about it but they have this kind of like good time talking to you i'm not that social and she doesn't drop until the very end that she has a boyfriend which has been done to me at a party me too of course i as a lady who is married I drop husband early. I think that's a fair game. Right? Yeah. I think that's a, what are those called? What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, Honesty? What's... Yeah, it's great. <laughs> Paige, do you wear a wedding ring? All the time. Yeah, because I always look for that. Now, I realize that if they're not engaged yet, they may not have that. But that's like, yeah. that's something I, I used to always look for when I was meeting someone that wasn't like on an app or whatever. Like I was meeting someone like through a friend, like we were just at a party together or we went yeah, to like yeah, a club yeah. or whatever. And I met someone mm-hmm. there. Like I would always check their hand. Like that was like the first thing I would check. Oh yeah, absolutely. I have gotten some bad reactions to me dropping it early where they're like, I wasn't trying to hit on you. And I was like, I'm just telling like, I'm saving you time. Like yeah. don't think you have to buy me drinks or anything. We it's can a courtesy. Just, it is. We can just be nice. Yeah. She doesn't drop it till the very end. And I didn't hate it. I feel like she's saying, 
saying it because she's worried he will get the wrong impression. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. If it were me, I would have said it earlier, but whatever. Yeah, I like that she says it, but I wish she would act like it the whole rest of the yeah. movie. But they have like cutesy dialogue as they, they walk. He's like, okay, do we have like a spark? You could see he's hopeful. He's hopeful. She does give him her number, but again, draws a picture of herself on the back. Um, or I think she tears it out of her sketchbook. So yeah. there's a little yeah. drawing yeah. on the back. So he's back on the roof. He's looking <laughs> he at the number and he throws it away. This is a pure Mikey move here. This is the good decision. Yes. Like yeah. up until at this point in the movie, no one has done anything that I seriously disagree with. Same. So he throws the number away. He just like lets it go into the wind. And then he, apparently he was also on acid because we see it like become characters. Uh, I <laughs> The cartoon on the branch flies through town, comma, fucking what is this twee shit is just what my notes say. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is a choice. It's a stylistic choice that is not necessarily carried through the rest of the movie. It's, oh, it no, comes they up use with- it the rest of the movie. And I get, when, once we find out she's an animator, I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I get that stuff, yeah. It comes up a couple times, mostly in the context of her work. Yeah. Um, but because we don't really know that yet, this first one seems a little Lizzie McGuire. <laughs> it does seem a little crazy, <laughs> they do yeah. some scene transitions with it. He comes downstairs where we meet Felix, who is his nephew, and his yeah. mom says, no treats and no horror movies and don't go on the roof and don't sell any organs on the black market. I think she covered all her bases. Yeah. And they end up watching The Thing. My favorite horror movie. I know. And when I saw that, I was like, I know why Mikey loves this movie. And then later on, when what happens happens, I was like, no, now I know why Mikey loves this movie. But (laughs) I think it would have been so funny if they had been watching one of the Harry Potter movies. That would have been hilarious. But okay, okay. The same, but with someone else playing Harry Potter. Oh, (laughs) yeah, that would have been great. Oh, my God. So his sister, uh, his nephew's mother, uh, his sister gets home. They turn off the thing in time so that she doesn't see them watching it. And then she picks up the ice cream and turns the thing back on and starts eating it. And I kind of really liked their relationship and wanted more of it. But we only see literally like two scenes of them. It's kind of wasted on the rest of the movie where we just like this could have been a thing where like he brought Chandri home to meet that like. There's a lot of context we don't get with them and we don't really understand why his sister's single, why she's there. We don't really know anything right. about it. And I feel like there's like a lot of things said and unsaid in those like three scenes they have together. Yeah. And I feel like they must have cut some of that storyline out. What's frustrating to me is this movie clocks in at about 97 minutes. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if that's what hit the cutting room floor, the editor has a huge issue because there are other things that should have hit the cutting room floor and that should have stayed in. I agree. And I and I feel like there was a lot of editing in the end. Like, cause if I was like, how long has time been going since like they stopped talking and things like that? Time is a flat circle in this movie. Ex- exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought it was really sweet when she changes it back to the thing and starts eating the ice cream. The yeah. son, I forget his name, like re- reaches over and holds the mom's hand. I was like, oh, yeah. that's real sweet. And you can tell he's a good uncle. So we cut to uh, Princess Bride is playing at a theater, and they're both in the theater, not together, seeing it separately, which for until they revealed it was Princess Bride, I was like, who the fuck goes to a romantic movie alone like this? And then it was Princess Bride, and I was like, oh, everyone. I would totally it. go do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I see a lot of movies alone, or I used to before the world changed. That's true. Here's the thing. I think this movie is using Princess Bride on purpose. 
because they're trying to equate that relationship of, you know, Wesley is the one <laughs> for Buttercup. He is. I don't think that. I just think it was a cute, a mute cute. He, hear me out. Wesley and Buttercup. Buttercup's marrying somebody else, but Wesley is against her will. I agree, but I'm saying that this movie is trying to make them the same. Oh, but they are not the same. No, they're not. That's ridiculous. Think about it. If they really wanted to make the case that this was like, you know, friends becoming more than friends, they should have used When Harry Met Sally. And they didn't. They used Princess Bride. I agree with you. They should have used Harry Met Sally. (laughs) (laughs) I think that is totally a valid criticism. So they run into each other outside the theater where we find out that her boyfriend was supposed to come with her, but he had to work. So she's here alone. I kind of really didn't like this. Yeah, she throws the boyfriend on the bus pretty quick. She does. And this movie really throws him under the bus because it argues that he's constantly putting his job above her. And we know that that's not super the case. No, Ben's a great guy. Up until the very last act, Ben is a great guy. And in the last act, they try to make him a bad guy to justify the rest of the movie. But he's not a bad guy. He doesn't do anything that's bad. Yeah. Which is weird. I think it's weird that they take a half step to make him a bad guy. Yeah. I yeah. Think, I, and I, I think if you're going to make him a bad guy, make him a real bad guy and have him cheating. You know, like most romantic movies go all the way there. So they're like, it clears all of the complications up. Like, okay, he was actually cheating on her. Make him Glenn Gulia. <laughs> Exactly. Because this movie is a very different film. If like they start having feelings, they're having an emotional affair. And then she finds out Ben's been like cheating on her a bunch of times. Here's where I have a bit of an issue. Because like if we look at Wedding Singer, which is very similar to this movie in the relationship dynamic, the difference between Wedding Singer and this is twofold. One, Glenn is consummately evil in Wedding Singer. (laughs) Yes. He is such a douchebag that it is inescapable. And two, they do not cross many of the boundaries that this movie crosses within their friendship in wedding singer i mean they kiss yeah they do kiss yeah they kissed and we all agreed that we hated that scene in the movie but that's the one time and it's not necessarily in a romantic context by the time they catch feelings and actually are like i have feelings they're telling people it's not this drawn out thing and i think That's part of what the problem is in this movie. Ben's not a bad guy. Nope. And it seems like they're just hurting him, which is like not great. And she does really throw him under the bus in the scene where she's like, oh, he, you know, he's supposed to come, but he didn't come. So they walk away from the theater. He's basically walking her home. And he has a conversation where he basically says that he thinks love makes people into bad people, which is a super toxic viewpoint. Yeah. (laughs) Like, not good. They go out for a uh, diner food. They kind of argue over what food's good, where he orders fried pickles and she's grossed out by it. Yeah, because pickles are gross. Fried pickles are not gross. I make pickles from scratch, but don't eat them. So, you know, there's a weird midpoint too. Uh, but this is the first <laughs> time they mention something called fool's gold. This is what starts them talking about Elvis's poop for literally 15 minutes of this movie. Yeah, and I have some notes on fool's gold at the very, very end. Nice. Um, We'll get to them. But so this is the first time it's mentioned. And they essentially establish this weird fascination with Elvis's feces, but then also the feces of Marie Antoinette and like who would get it just starts this ridiculous feces conversation. Yeah, the Marie Antoinette stuff was just like a riff. Yeah. Yeah. They basically riff on poop for like 20 minutes, which like no lie. 
that's how my husband locked this pussy down. But oh, like, I bet. <laughs> but at the end of this date, this is where I think things change. Because she basically at the end of this date is like, I've been with Ben for five years, but no one wants to hang out with a girl who has a boyfriend. So she is putting up a boundary of like yeah. friends. And then he says, okay, cool. I'm cool with being friends. But then he goes home and immediately is like finding reasons to talk to her. Yeah. And later in the movie, he will admit that at this point, he was not okay with just being friends. Yeah, he's actively pursuing her romantically. In a black and white view, you would think that he knows he's a bad guy. But people, yeah, the villains don't realize they're villains. I agree. I don't think people who make mistakes are all villains. I don't think this is a mistake. This is an active choice. Yeah. And he makes this active choice many times in the movie. I think looking back, he says, I never wanted to be friends. But I think at this moment, he's like, okay, I threw her number away. We met at the movies. She's cool to spend time with. They shake hands on it. And then he like ends up talking to her because he likes talking to her. And he is selfish about, yes, he doesn't have a lot of good things in his life. So he gravitates there. Yeah. I don't but think he's doing it in like an I'm an evil Emperor Palpatine kind of way because he says love is an excuse people use to hurt people which is what he ends up doing yep so yeah. what you find out in this movie is that he slowly drifts that way I, and, and like i don't think it's a drift i think this is where he chooses i don't think it's one choice people don't work like that yeah they do you have a choice in every action you make he thinks okay i'm attracted to her but we're gonna be friends and he thinks he can handle it at that moment Okay, but he actively pursues her. If he just wanted to passively be friends, he's gonna run into her. It's Adam Driver's cousin. He's right. making excuses to hang out with her. And they virtually, over the next like montage, they date. They yeah. basically go on dates. Yeah, the emotional affair starts 10, 15 minutes into the movie. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. In fact, he wants to like make that first email, what's shaking hot pants. It starts right now. Yeah. I, I I just think that's a really black and white thing. And, you know, Todd, you've had it. Have you had like an emotional affair before or whatever? I've been Wallace in a relationship before. Yeah, and I've been Wallace. Yeah. And it, the initial day, you don't think you're going to be Wallace. Yeah, I did. You know, you're not. Okay, well, that's. And Mikey, I had to go to <laughs> therapy because I wanted to kill myself shortly after that relationship because oh, I Jesus was like, Christ. fuck, this is really dark. And I'm going in a direction I don't ever want to go. I am a horrible person and I can be better than this. <sighs> So, yeah, I will say when it happened to me, we realized we were crossing boundaries and then we were like, we need to not cross boundaries and we need to put up. We cannot be friends. We cannot be close friends anymore. Right. Which has happened to me in a couple of different relationships. But he doesn't ever do that. He doesn't do that. But the movie reminds me of like, I got good things from those relationships. I grew as a person from that. But no one in this movie does. Yeah. This movie glorifies cheating. Yeah. We just need to be okay with that's what we're talking about. I just don't think it's as black and white as that. It is completely black and white. Yeah. <laughs> Either he's pursuing her or he's not. And he fully is at this point. When you're emailing someone from championbeefcake at hotmail.com, <laughs> you are definitely trying to smash. That's his email. I'm going to say when you're finding reasons to spend time with someone to justify why you should be with them, that is a dangerous, slippery slope. And you need to examine why you're doing that. Okay, so if they were having a regular friendship what would they be doing they would keep running into each other at other social events and maybe meet for coffee he's coming up with reasons for them to do all this stuff and then we get a montage of them having conservatively eight to ten full-on dates 
yeah. of them just alone. I have friends of the opposite gender, no problem doing it. We have specific stuff that me and that friend will do. We don't just go on random dates all the time. That's not a friendship. He's pursuing her. And she's into it. But I mean, I have girlfriends that I like will go to lunch with a lot. Right. But that's just kind of a natural progression. You're not trying to find a reason to get them to go to lunch with you. I might have been like, I haven't seen you in a month. Let's go to lunch. That's different than him being like emailing, (laughs) emailing, emailing, and then going on like 10 dates. They go on yeah. literal dates. Well, that's that's why I think one of the things that I have a problem with this movie is the concept of time. I don't know the time period of this montage. That's true. It doesn't tell us anything. And if it was a week, it's really problematic. If it was right. six if it's, months. If it's a it's, month, it's problematic. What if right. it's six months? Then it's less. But it doesn't tell us anything because it's written badly. <laughs> right. Which gives room for subjectivity. But yeah, so there's like this montage of them quote-unquote becoming friends that's super inappropriate and is cheating yeah it's it's dating without putting a name on it but she does invite him at the end of that montage to come over to dinner to meet ben i would argue it's because she feels guilty i'm sure it is because she is cheating on her boyfriend well she starts out that email with i think you need to meet ben yeah which to me says that she is already suspecting that boundaries are going to be crossed or already have been or already have been and that's why she invites him over yeah but i like this scene because it's funny well we haven't gotten to that one yet because he does have a conversation with adam driver where literally they're already accusing him of trying to break them up which means to me that to everyone on the outside it looks bad which means that it's not the spread out gradual friendship that is normal it is an obvious boundary crossed that's why ben asks him about it I got the impression that that montage of them becoming quote unquote friends was maybe 10 days. Yeah, that's how I felt too. We find out that her sister Dahlia has just been broken up with. So she's going to be at the house for the dinner party where he's going to meet Ben. Um, He shows up. This is where we meet Ben for the first time, uh, played by Rafe Spall, a British actor who doesn't get to be British in this for some reason. I don't understand. Okay, I think they don't get to be British because I think if he was British and Wallace was British and they were still in Canada... She would have like a type. True. Very true. <laughs> Although, why not make everyone British and set it in London? There's no reason this should be in Toronto. Because it's cheaper to film in Toronto than London. Right, exactly. It is. It is. But think of it this way. If they didn't tell you it was Toronto, where did you think it was? New York. I thought it was New York for like 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Until they said Toronto, I was like, oh, it's in Toronto. Oh, Canada. Oh, okay. Sure. So Wallace gets there and he and Ben start having a debate as to whether or not Europe is a continent, which I'm like, why? Who's debating this and why? Like, Ben says it, he's part of Asia, which is definitely why you should cheat on him. Oh, if you're going to pick. Can't, that's a joke. If you're going to pick reasons, this is number one. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's a very, very strange argument. But Ben sort of does explain racism to Wallace in this scene, and I thought that was sort of funny. That was pretty funny. He's like, the, the reason it's its own continent is because they decided what continents were. Yes, yeah. And yeah. didn't want to be considered Asian. So yeah. racism. I thought it was funny. I, I don't know. I didn't dislike it. Yeah. I like this. This whole scene's really funny. This, I would say, is one of the funnier of the scenes. I do think it's still a little contrived as far as dialogue goes, but like as far as this movie goes, it's one of the better ones. This is where he kind of stops in the middle and asks, are you trying to sleep with my girlfriend? Oh, yeah. And clarifies, like, he says, I have no problem with her having guy friends, but just don't 
sleep with it. Like, if I find out you're trying to break us up, then we got a problem, which I think is fair. I think it's fair, too. But Absolutely. the fact that he's asking and the fact that Adam Driver has brought it up and the fact that she thinks that he has to meet Ben at this point to me suggests that everyone kind of thinks that that's what's going on. And yeah. no one communicates their actual feelings to each other in this movie. No one. Yeah, it's bad. Because like Ben could very easily have been like, your friendship with Wallace is making me uncomfortable. I We don't know that he didn't. That may have been why she sent the email. I feel like he did. And I feel like he was very upfront with Daniel Radcliffe's character right here he is the only one who is being open with his feelings he's up front with wallace but he's not up front with chantry if i was in his shoes i'd be like i'm getting weird feelings about your friendship with them you're spending a lot of time one-on-one i don't really like it it's making me uncomfortable i agree with Paige. i think that's the reason she invited him to dinner yeah well i don't think it goes well i don't and i think he would have been like i after meeting him i still feel really uncomfortable with your friendship we don't see her side of it so we don't know that that didn't yeah i I think a lot of this i think a lot of parts of this part are missing because we don't see a lot of her perspective in the movie yeah regardless he makes the mistake of putting peppers in his eyes or rather cutting peppers and then touching his eyes which i have no idea why he went to go get saline solution because it's salted he needs milk like i know that sounds crazy but like something to cut the capsaicin well, Wallace didn't graduate med school. Let's go. Let's go back to that. So Wallace may not have graduated med school, but he did graduate casual kill someone school because they open that window <laughs> and then he contrives a way to make sure Ben goes out of it. He accidentally pushes him out the window. That's what they want you to believe, Mikey. But also, <laughs> so he falls. He falls out a second story window yeah. onto concrete, just like spread eagle. That dude, yeah. that dude's back is broken. He is paralyzed. I thought he was dead. The fact, yes, the fact that he's just up and walking around scenes later, I'm just like, what the hell kind of magical realism? If he was dead, this is a better movie. <laughs> if Wallace accidentally killed him. Oh, that is a better movie because then he has to help her grieve. I also like that Wallace accidentally dropped his phone like on him. Oh, that was, that was actually really funny where it hits him in the middle of the back. <laughs> yeah. And he just kind of like, I was like, okay. So we cut to the ambulance where he's still screaming and he doesn't want them to give him drugs because he's afraid he'll shit himself. (laughs) The paramedic saying that actually happens more than you would think. And it's the worst part of my job. (laughs) I thought that was very funny. I really liked uh, Chantry's sister eating dinner in the ambulance and being like, I always eat when I'm stressed. Yeah. Why were they there? (laughs) Here's the other thing. Okay. I always eat when I'm stressed. That's why I couldn't be a fire pilot. I'd be 500 pounds. What? Secondly, (laughs) where'd she get the food? He was cooking. Did she stop to make food while the ambulance was coming? Did she make him stop on the way? Where'd she get that food? First, it's just a wrap. So she took whatever food and wrapped up in a tortilla. It's easy to do. Second, I was at a restaurant with my family. A man had a seizure at the table next to us. My mom gets up to help him. They call an ambulance. My brother turns around. I'm eating my burger. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, I'm going to play devil's advocate for you. At a certain point, once other people have it handled, what are you going to do? That's what I said. I was like, my shrimp sandwich is going to get cold. (laughs) I mean, he threw up on the table and like hit his head and fell down. And they like all run up and I was like, oh, fry. (laughs) so they get to the hospital dahlia the sister offers to watch ben so gentry chantry and wallace can go eat in the hospital and this is where we find out about wallace's parents that they were surgical interns and they had a ton of affairs and this is where he runs into his ex-girlfriend megan 
who is clearly an overworked resident. Yes. And it seems, I mean, she seems still very upset about their breakup as well a year later. I feel like we didn't need to meet her. Yeah, I I felt that way too. Her reaction and interaction here is what made me feel worse about him deleting her contact and stuff at the beginning of the movie. And I think if we hadn't met her... I, I wouldn't really have very, as many feelings about it. I did feel like this scene kind of said that they had talked some because she's like, I still want to be friends. I did like that when Daniel Radcliffe's ex-girlfriend is meeting Zoe. She's like, you know, I'm sorry. You probably heard all these horrible things about me. Yeah. And Zoe's like, I've never heard your name once. Yeah. I was like, oh, shit, that's so brutal and awesome. <laughs> I love that so much. It, it was pretty brutal. I was like, that's kind of the best. Like, A, it's it's nice because we established that he hasn't really talked badly about her, which I do appreciate. Right. But also it sets up that, like, he hasn't talked about her at all, which means that he's just not even being vulnerable about it. <laughs> it's, it's like a catch-22 where it's like, well, he hasn't said anything bad, but, the, but he also hasn't said anything at all, which is also not good. So... <laughs> I don't know. But after this, we cut to a scene in his office, which, again, I think is just to establish what he does for a living, which is he writes instructional manuals. Yeah. For like computer software, right? Yeah. Which is a real job. And it's yeah, it, it pays OK. It's not bad. Um, but then his boss does this whole thing of like you're fish hooking me over this new manual. And when it's like he it's like he keeps trying to make fish hooking happen. Stop trying to make fish hooking happen. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Oh, do not Urban Dictionary fish hooking. I'm not going to. Oh, is it a thing? It's a thing. Ooh. Okay. It's when you're like, when you're like behind and you're like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Why? Why does this need to be here? This whole scene could go. Exactly. Because you learn more about her life from her work stuff. Yeah. So we cut to, after that, her job where we find out that she turned down a project manager job because she likes being an animator and she didn't want the hassle and the paperwork and she didn't want to move to Taiwan for six months. Right. I will say that the only, like her only personality trait we learn when they have that talk about what's the worst thing that's happened to you, where she talks about, I never break up. I always hold on to anything good and won't let anything change if it's good. So I think her not taking the promotion, maybe yeah. her being with Ben, but you don't explore it enough. It's just her like, okay, things are okay. I hold on to anything okay because I've lost someone. And it doesn't really explore that. It doesn't really, because it, it is kind of a she she does fear change both she and wallace fear conflict because change is conflict mm -hmm. and that's why neither of them talk to each other that's why it takes her so long to talk to ben like that's why all of this happens is because these these are two people who selfishly want to get what they want and not change or consider anyone else in the process absolutely so we cut to a scene of her shopping in chinatown with ben and they actually seem to have a really fun time like they they work together i like them together yeah they're a good relationship and he says i think it's better to stop building up and just say it and i thought he was gonna break up with her and i was gonna be i like, thought he was gonna propose <laughs> me too i thought he was gonna propose too but he says we've been together five years we're in it for the long haul and then he tells her that he has to spend six months working in dublin and kind of all over the world for his work and right. he does tell her like if it's not okay tell me not to take it like he gives her an out you know of him basically yeah. saying you're yeah. more important to me than this job and she tells him to take it because she's nice and supportive and as someone who was and ben's a good guy and ben's a good guy and as somebody who was long distance for a year and a half it fucking sucks but you can get through it yeah this is kind of where we learn that ben is going to go away 
for a while. And this kind of low simmer of emotional affair that's been happening is about to get the chance to go pro. Yeah, it's about to go ramp up. So we cut to a karate tournament. Which I'm... his nephew's it's his nephew's karate. You can see the nephew in the background. Okay, I was gonna say, is it Felix? Because otherwise, I'm like, whose karate tournament is this? I actually wondered. I I've completely forgot about Felix, but that yeah. makes sense yeah. now. But man, in the moment, I was like, are they just like crashing random sporting events? Yeah. Because Adam Driver does that later. Yeah, that's true. Um, now he also says a fact in this scene again about poop. There's a lot of facts about poop in this movie where he says you can't eat your poop twice, and that's actually not true. Oh. Why, why do you know these things? I didn't think it was true. Is you well, you'd probably know. I'm sure you've encountered people who engage in corporophagia. Yeah, it's not. I don't like that. It's not great. <laughs> it's not great. Uh, but with oh. the exception of people who are on certain kinds of medications or are severe drug addicts, you can eat your poo as much as you want. Really? Yeah, Todd. Yeah. That's for you. Especially if you eat peanuts or corn. Yeah, oh. second harvest. God, yeah. what are we talking about right now? We cut to Nicole, his girlfriend, is bringing over beers for them at this kid's karate tournament. Because their superpower, Nicole and Adam Driver, is to be able to find alcohol anywhere. I realize that in this <laughs> anywhere. movie. Anywhere. Uh, and they're, they're basically asking him, do you want to bang Gendry because Ben is leaving and like now's your chance. They're giving him terrible advice. I yeah. dare say that they are terrible friends. Kind of, you know, I, here's mainly. the thing. I like their relationship. I like them as people. They are terrible friends. They give him <laughs> yes. horrible advice. And this is where we find out that Nicole had a boyfriend when she met Adam Driver, which yeah. again is just thrown in as spice to justify this movie. It has no bearing right. on their relationship. It has bearings when they when when Wallace and Adam Driver get into a fight later on. A little bit, yeah. I feel like this scene more than anything typifies the thesis statement of this movie that's basically like love is the most important law, but that is, it's kind of that idea of like do as thou wilt, but you have to consider other people. Like, this movie is advocating being as selfish as possible if you think this person is, quote unquote, the one. And as someone who doesn't even believe the one is a thing, uh, no, it just makes you selfish. It just makes you a horrible person. Yeah. But we've all been Wallace and we're not horrible people. I would say it was a horrible decision. Yes, I do, but I don't I don't want to say like you're a horrible person. I would say they've made bad decisions. But the movie doesn't treat it as a bad decision. No, it does not. The movie treats it as the good decision. Yeah, isn't it great that these two people got together even though she had a boyfriend? But some people do get together like that. So there's probably yeah. a whole population of people who are like this is like our story. Here's the thing though. It is not a victimless crime. I know. They are hurting people. The idea that you know that what you are doing could hurt hurt someone and you choose to do it anyway right and the movie glorifying those types of decisions it's bad they are villains yeah but it does the romantic comedy thing where it gives them a happy ending i think it's more than the ending i think at no point does it really cost them anything for these decisions it costs the people they hurt but they don't seem to care this movie doesn't care about who they hurt so we cut to again another montage of them kind of again going on dates he's helping her shop for a dress for a company dinner this is one thing where i really really had a problem with it a few things 
Number one, we have established that she has female friends. And a sister. She has three people that we've met that should be here, not Wallace. Or should be here with Wallace. Sure. Even if Wallace is there to bring somebody else along as well. She keeps Wallace on the side because her friends talk about it like, who is this guy? Yeah. She's having an emotional affair and she's trying to hide it. It's bad. Um, But so she gets stuck in a dress in the dressing room and he asks, should I go get the shop girl for you? And she says, no, this is her making a choice to put them into a compromising position yeah because he's gonna see her without clothes on if he comes in there i mean it's a changing room that's what you do in the changing room right i mean you can do other things in there you too. Do other i'm things just saying the room, but... be adventurous but be safe but don't do what she's doing right now <laughs> i mean he basically helps her get out of the dress looks at her in her underwear when she says close your eyes and then almost kisses her and then yeah they do he, almost he, kiss then he keeps and... his eye closed she turns around and almost kisses him and then the scene is over yeah yeah that's what i wanted to talk about because they they both do sort of look like they're gonna kiss each other at two separate moments yeah. when they can't see each other mm-hmm. oh i hated this movie so much Only a couple Mikey. seconds long <laughs> like as someone with a bunch of male like you are both my male friends i would yeah. never invite either of you into a fitting room never Absolutely. ever no. in fact i had a conversation with Paige about i wanted to meet jake because i text her a lot and i don't want him to f- I, because it's respectful to become friends with someone's partner you know what that yeah. The next scene we cut to, Adam Driver and Nicole are at the breakfast table, basically making a baby almost. Well, they had just done that. They had just done that. (laughs) I love the reveal that they're like hardcore making out and we just see the two of them. Yes. And then like it goes to a wider (laughs) shot and Daniel Radcliffe is just sitting there. I love that so much. Uh, By the way, this is what it's like to go to Mexican restaurants with Todd and Natalie who make out in the middle of a fucking restaurant. And then like Wallace, I also am like, fuck. Like mumbling curse words under my breath of like, this is just too much. Mikey can't handle a little bit of PDA. Tong is not a little bit of PDA in a restaurant. This is the one scene that made me laugh in this movie. I just had sex and I'm about to eat nachos. And I. (laughs) Oh, no, you got to finish it. He's like, this is the best day of my life. I love that so much. Unless you're going to talk to me about something that's going to ruin this moment. Yes. (laughs) And he does. I think he is so sick of telling Wallace to either be honest with his feelings or get out of this friendship that he is frustrated. I think so, too. I would be also. I feel like I have been Adam more than once at a Mexican food restaurant. (laughs) Mm. Uh, question what's your post-sex food Uh, is it too revealing if i say mexican food no yes (laughs) (laughs) i I, I get a sweet tooth interesting jake and i started a tradition where we make toast together after we call no you are not talking about toast after we already have done our 50 shades of gray episode i have learned too much about you Paige. this is ridiculous Paige has a very specific fetish it was was completely unrelated oh sure it It, was it was it was just like after one time we were just kind of hanging out and and jake was like man i could really go for some toast right now and i was like i was thinking the same thing and get out of my brain after you've been in my body and so we we made toast and we were like this is perfect toast is this perfect food for this what do you call it you said you have a name for it oh yeah we call it toast coitus (laughs) 
homepage. God, I love you guys so much. That's better than this whole movie. <laughs> I mean, it has the problems that, I mean, it's fine. All romantic comedies have like super huge problems. That is why this podcast exists. That's yeah. true. That's true. Not taking this personal, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so we cut we cut to ben is saying goodbye to chandry yeah and they have a very good relationship she is like gonna miss him she's like very sad she, she tries to yeah. like have sex with him right before he leaves and he's like i've gotta go and he gives her a ticket to come visit whenever she wants yes Leaves it all in her control. Very sweet. I love this because Ben's a good guy. We cut to her drawing. She puts plane tickets on the fridge. She's putting postcards on the fridge. And then we get kind of this voiceover of them kind of missing each other because of the time difference of like, well, why don't yeah. you call me before you go to bed? I just want to hear your voice. We hear that he got his cast off and he could molest me with his creepy rancid freak arm. That was just one of the ones where I was like, that's notable. Um, yeah. and Well, that's when she's walking out with coffee and she's got a coffee for Wallace. Yes. She gets off the phone with Ben. He says, I love you in that moment, which she does not say. And then she gives Wallace the coffee and then they go on a romantic walk together. It's worse than that because she hangs Ugh. up the phone and says, Sorry. Apologizing to Wallace about taking time on the phone with Ben. Yeah. Yeah. It's gross. And this is where they're having a walk and he basically asks how Ben is doing and she admits that she's not happy. But the problem is that she's admitting it to Wallace, not Ben. Yeah. We honestly just saw her talk to Ben. Did not bring anything like that up. Yes, because she has a problem with conflict and change. Well, and, and here's another thing. If you're going to be in a long-term relationship with someone, not every day is going to be perfect. There are going to be rough times. Yeah. This is one of them. And it's not a reason to get rid of somebody. Like, th that's what, like, I understand her being frustrated and lonely, but A, she's got an open plane invitation for whenever she wants to go. Yep. She also can talk to him on the phone. If she is truly committed to their relationship, she should be having this conversation with him about how she is not frustrated and she is unhappy, which means that she is already straight up cheating on him at this point. Honestly, she's been cheating on him for months. At Most this of this movie. Yeah. So at this point, she and Wallace are going to go drink together, which is a, a bad idea. And she is yeah. trying to find prospective people in the bar that might be like good for Wallace. And she clearly kind of doesn't like it. Like she gets uncomfortable the second he actually meets and interacts with other people. Yeah. I mean, he does go and try to buy that. He buys that girl a drink. And then she says thanks and leaves. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yes, she does. Been there. Oh, man. Be the guy who doesn't buy her a drink. That way you stand out in her mind. <laughs> As the guy just sitting next to her at the bar? Yeah. Be a guy who can talk to a woman well enough that she wants to talk back to you. Oh, Not yeah. that you have to force her to drink alcohol for free to get a conversation out of it. I've never really bought someone that wasn't my girlfriend a drink. I don't understand that move. But I don't drink alcohol. So, like, it's different for me. If <laughs> if I buy a girl a drink, it's oddly pressuring. Yeah, that's that's a, <laughs> The implication there is odd. But usually when I'm buying drinks like this, I'm already like feeling it and i'm like hey do you guys want some drinks <laughs> yeah no i get that but if i do it i'm like hey get her a scotch and soda but get me a diet coke that seems very that's a bad look i didn't think about that until just now <laughs> yeah, but yeah. i'm very glad i've never done that yes 
I mean, if I've got a good buzz and I'm sitting there, I'll buy guys drink. I mean, I'll buy, I mean, I'm a very generous uh, drunk person. I, I've been out with you when we were doing karaoke and you were shit faced and it was delightful. I think yeah. you offered to buy me a Diet Coke. Right. I, I, mean, I will be next to a guy and like, we'll say a couple of jokes. I'll be like, brother, you're awesome. Let me buy you beer. Yeah. But my point is if you're just another guy who buys her a drink at a bar, she's not going to remember you. This scene is where we get information about like how many serious relationships they've had who's a dumper who's a dumpy we find out about this is where we find out a lot about his previous girlfriend making out with her professor yeah every time they walk back to her house and he like leaves her there it's an odd interaction where yeah i feel like there's a palpable tension where it's almost like they leave space for like they should kiss right and i'm like Oh, I mean, no, fully they should not. Yeah. But that's what they're, they both want to do. I thought they definitely would. I was like, oh, they're going to get drunk together? Something bad's happening. Yeah, th- this is Benny yeah. and the Jets. <laughs> like, this yes, is- <laughs> yes. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> Benny and the Jets is a wonderful song, and that's a terrible movie. <laughs> or, or they're going to go have three beers. He's not going to tell her a joke, and they're going to go see an old tugboat. <laughs> It turns out that Wallace was writing an instruction manual for her heart the whole time. He walked all the way from Toronto to Dublin. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so they they get home and they're on the phone, even though we just saw them together, which is another like they can't even stand to be apart. But this is where she talks about her, her mom dying in junior high of breast cancer. And he does something that I think is actually pretty cool where he's like, you probably should have said that before I said my shitty thing. <laughs> yeah, you should go first next time when you ask the worst thing that's ever happened to me. Yeah, I love that. When you ask that question and you've got a dead parent in your in your hand, you should play that card. Yeah. <laughs> we cut next to a knitting shop where she and all of her friends are knitting, which. Yeah, Paige, you've never been to a knitting shop? Come on. Uh, I ha- I have. Oh wait, you have? Of course I have. I thought it was a ridiculous thing, but no. that exists. Uh on oh. Whitebridge Road, there's the yarn yeah. bar. Yeah. <laughs> it's totally a real thing. It was okay. very strange to see a group of 20 somethings being like, "We're all into knitting, right?" T. <laughs> like what I don't, the hell? I don't know Canada, so it may be Canadian, you know. <laughs> Maybe maybe that's a thing Canadians do, you know, it's how they really got cold up there that, you know, that's a thing. That's true. But they do go to the beach a lot for it being a cold place. <laughs> you know, the famous Toronto Beach. You've been there, babe. You know what we're talking about. Yeah. I, I have notes on their beaches uh, for later. <laughs> you son of a beach. <laughs> we find out at the knitting shop that her sister Dahlia has kind of like called dibs on Wallace. Yeah, she called dibs on Wallace. Yeah, because he's vetted because she's, you know, you're such good friends with him. Right. And they basically say that he's exactly like Chantry, so he's Mantry. I feel like they really wanted to make that funny, but it just wasn't it funny. Wasn't. So I was like, ugh. It wasn't. And But what we do see here is that Chantry is clearly uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. The feelings are coming to roost. And I think this is the third or fourth time in this movie where the potential for Wallace to be with somebody else has come up and she is clearly uncomfortable with it. See, this is where 
Wallace and I would have diverged because I would have slept with the sister as well. As well? <laughs> as well, Mikey? Okay. As well. Okay, Henry VIII. Jeez. <laughs> the fuck? I'm not going to lie to you guys. When I make a bad decision, I don't just go a little bit. Like, I go all the way. Okay, okay, Mikey, if we're going there, I have something to disclose. <laughs> yes. Yes. In high school, I dated two sisters. Absolutely. That's great. (laughs) (laughs) In fact, the girl I took to prom, she was the oldest of the two sisters that I dated. (laughs) In this next scene, Adam Driver starts to give Wallace his options, right? And I like the options that he gives him. But then I realized that whoever cast Adam Driver and Daniel Radcliffe in the same movie, just they must have been seated the whole time they were like, Comparing heights yes. and stuff. Because Adam Driver is fully a foot taller than Daniel Radcliffe. He's colossal. It looks like we're walking down the street with like a regular sized person and Andre the Giant. Yeah, or or just like uh, you know, like Curious George and the man in the yellow hat. <laughs> what what is wrong with having tall friends? It drove me insane. I had to look it up. Daniel Radcliffe is five five. Okay. And Adam Driver is six two. So it's not a huge full foot. Yeah. But it's still like when they're walking to the street at the very end of the scene we're about to talk about, I was like, wow, he is way, way too tall. For what? To be friends with him? No, 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 no. Mikey. For, for, for camera Mikey, I'm talking highlights. about cinematography. Yeah. yeah. Oh. If you're talking about cinematography, we only see Daniel Radcliffe from like chest up. Yeah. Because they have to get Adam's yeah. Yeah. huge head in the frame. So that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. When there's that big of a spread, you struggle to get everyone in the same shot. Mm-hmm. And if you look back at the scene at the fridge when Daniel Radcliffe is talking to Shandra at the very beginning, they were both standing on apple boxes because Adam is not that much taller than they are in that show. Yeah, so the options he gives Daniel Radcliffe are option one. Be sleazy. But she'll resent you for breaking yeah. them up. So basically it'll backfire on you. Mm-hmm. Option number two. Be conniving. Give her bad relationship advice until they break up. Right. To turn her against him. Option three. Be pathetic. Patiently wait it out and Miss out on opportunities in your own life because you're committed to someone who is unavailable because you may forever be left (laughs) out. Well, back in the nacho scene, he's like, this perfect nacho is Ben. They have a cat. They have furniture. They've been together five years. Mm -hmm. You're this rotten banana because you don't have shit compared to that. (laughs) Yeah. Well, but also you haven't been in a committed relationship with this person for five years. That makes a difference. People build history. Then they have two other options. He he gives them two other options, which is you could just tell her how you feel. Yeah. The be honest option, which is the right option. Yes. And then he goes, or you could just get over it and move on. Also a good option. I would say four Mm -hmm. and five. Good option. I would say four and five go hand in hand. I agree. Because he he is honest. She is honest that she loves Ben and can't have that kind of relationship. And then he moves on. Yeah. That is how this movie should end. Yeah. Or she, he tells her how she feels and she's like, I feel the same. I need to break up with Ben. We cannot cross. You know, we're, we're obviously cross lines, but I mean, it would have been a more honest approach to this. Yes. It gives her a choice. Right. But in this scene, this conversation is happening around Adam buying a, the worst engagement ring I've ever seen in Those my life. Those rings are nuts. Yeah, yes. they're terrible. It's so funny. Because they're wearing each other's initial. <laughs> yes. Which is only going to basically make people look at her in a bar and be like, so what's your name, Ashley? And for her to be like, no, it's Nicole. And they're like, why are you wearing an A? 
This is my engagement ring. Prove it. Like, that's all that's going to happen. <laughs> but Paige, that's what they want to have happen. They are those kinds of people <laughs> yeah, that yes, want yeah, you yeah. to ask them those kinds of questions. I guess. So we cut to their engagement party and he and Shandri basically go together. Like he meets her there, but they're basically there on a date. We reveal that this is Alan and Nicole's surprise wedding, which I am 100% in favor of. I loved this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was like, this actually seems like a great idea. It's a fantastic idea. I love every wedding dress in this movie. They all get my vote. Hers especially. <laughs> I loved her dress. And then I even liked Shandry's dress at the end. But I was like, I am here for manageable short dresses at fun weddings. <laughs> yeah. All the way. Like your dress at your fun wedding. Yeah. So Nicole is getting ready to get married because they've announced to everybody, this isn't our engagement party. It's our wedding. This is when we finally meet her friend Becky that she was looking for. <laughs> and, and Becky is a fucking basket case. Which is kind yes. of funny. I love the speech. The speech was nuts. Uh, oh, man. Like, we haven't even gotten there yet. So so she calls Wallace in to help calm her down. And she does it by basically just being like, so you need to talk to Shandri about how you feel. It would be yeah. like a 10 second conversation. She basically says, you know, best case scenario, she agrees, breaks up with Ben and you guys get to be together. Worst case, you're never friends anymore. She's like, but getting married is saying that you believe in the best case scenario, which is a real slam way to look at this situation yeah i was like that's th those things don't go together that's not that's not the thing i don't know uh but then becky gives the craziest <laughs> toast ever in which she's like we learned so much from each other and from the romanian legal system <laughs> and i was like what i do feel like i've seen a lot of made of honor toasts yes. that end yes. up this way in just <laughs> tears and like incoherent rambles that yes. probably mean a good deal to only the bride and the maid of honor and that's it yeah, probably. And then you feel forced to clap at the end and you're like, okay, that was a conversation you should have had over the phone at 2 a.m. Did she just say urinary tract infection, infection? in prison? <laughs> Did she say they murdered a male sex worker at the lake house? <laughs> I, I guess that's good. The bar was set very low for Wallace's toast. <laughs> yes, and Wallace, he starts out with a great toast. And then jokes at the end where like, it's a risky one because the wrong crowd would have hated it. Yes, but it yeah. does okay. Where he basically is like, if these two can find love, then there's someone for everyone. Basically being like, they're both terrible. And, <laughs> yeah. and their offspring will bring, a br <laughs> bring about the apocalypse. <laughs> Which I love later on when they say he's present. He's like, oh shit, the apocalypse. <laughs> yes. This is reinforcing that there is one person for every one person out there. And that is a dangerous way to view the world. I don't think it was said like that. I just mean like everybody can have a person. That's how I took it. But that's the thing. It's like, it's not just one person. Anyone can have any number of people if you're willing to work at it in a relationship. But the yes. thing that I think is scarier about this is it seems to really reinforce love at first sight, which I think is a dangerous way to think of just like, I see someone and now we're meant to be together and I love them. And I'm like, no, you don't know that person. That's another person with thoughts and feelings and weird quirks about how they load a dishwasher like you need to get to know someone that was oddly specific we, we don't have a dishwasher it's fine 
I will say a hot take. I do think there are people you meet who you have like an instant connection with. Yeah, I agree. But there's not just one person out there that oh, you would no, have no, that no. instant I've connection with. I've had multiple yeah. instant connections. But, yeah. but I think people reinforce that stereotype because they meet someone with that instant connection and they end up marrying them. And they're like, it's love at first sight. I will say, I, I do think you're right. I think sometimes it gets reinforced because people do end up marrying those people that they have an immediate connection with. But I don't think that immediate connection is what truly makes a great relationship. It's great to have that. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that's the only road to that ending no 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 i think it's a good start i think i think that that's what people get from it yes i agree with you i do think some people can put more stock in that feeling than in the more long-term goals of that relationship and i think that's where it becomes a problem where trying to recapture that sense of newness that nre that new relationship energy that is where cheating grows yeah because like relationships aren't that the whole time no 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 i've had relationships where the newness has worn off but the ability to have great conversations never goes away does that make sense yeah it does but i think some of what this movie seems to advocate for is that that newness is the thing yes the newness will wear off well yeah and and it'll sometimes not be as happy because mm-hmm. you know once the more involved you get in people's lives you let the bad in with the good mm-hmm. you let the difficulties in with the happy times and so i think this movie kind of discounts that a little bit because he only gets the happy times you know he doesn't get the hard part he doesn't get the navigating a relationship from a distance he doesn't live with her day to day he doesn't he doesn't see how crazy she loads a dishwasher yeah there's <laughs> nothing wrong i changed the way i load the dishwasher every time do you just like okay (laughs) you just broke Paige's brain i will now take questions (laughs) thank you for coming to my ted talk (laughs) so at the engagement party dahlia shandry's sister starts trying to cut in with wallace yeah i mean like he's literally dancing with shandry and then dahlia cuts in and they start dancing and it seems like they're having a good time together yeah and this is the night that mikey would have sealed that deal yes this is where (laughs) wallace and i's journey would have definitely taken a different turn that yes dahlia drives them all home drops shandry off and then drives to wallace's house where she tries to put the moves on wallace like literally she even says, I don't think it's a good idea for me to come inside with you. And like, she's trying to do like this reverse psychology that right, like, right. does it work at all? Well, it's the same <laughs> scene from Wedding Singer. It's Robbie, if you come inside, you're going to get laid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would have done this. I mean, I, I, I know me as a person. I've been like, I'm single. Yeah. Sure what I have feelings for her sister, but that's not healthy. I'm going to sleep with this one. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I <laughs> maybe this will help with my other problem. Here, here's the thing. I would be okay with that if you then don't keep pursuing Chandra right, after. Right, yeah, right. Me too. If you started dating Dahlia, I'm on board. This movie becomes a movie that's watchable. Yeah, but he basically sees like a gentry ghost or gentry ghost. She walks up and like talks to them. I mean, I realize it's like a, a vision, right? Yeah. It's, she's not really there. It's his thought process visualized. Yes. Right. While he's lip locked with Dahlia, he talks himself out of like having sex with her through the voice of Chandra. 
Right. And he pulls back and then Dahlia does not take it well. No. No, she, she does. <laughs> she not. literally says, I don't throw myself at guys like this ever. I just made an exception for you because you were cute. And I thought <laughs> that was hilarious. Well, and it's like I feel bad because there's no consent goes both ways. He can yeah. also say, like, I no longer consent to these actions. And she should be like, Okay, do you want to talk about it? Yeah. Uh, and instead she's just like, Fuck you. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> Get out of my car. As a person who has stopped physical activity and changed their mind and they've been thrown out of a girl's home, I related to the scene. Yeah. And Mikey, I respect you so much for that story that I know way too much of. <laughs> <laughs> but you did the right thing. Yeah, I think so too. Absolutely. It, I got a weird vibe. And I, you know, I don't have to stay if I get a weird vibe. No, you do not. I'm my own person. I have my own autonomy. And then she said, never call me again. And you didn't. And that was good. Well, maybe. I mean, we don't, we'll see how I turn out. <laughs> so we cut to Chandri's apartment where she's calling Ben because she's drunk and horny. Yeah. But she doesn't account for the time difference. And he's in the middle of a presentation. Yeah. Oops. Which is funny. I love how he sort of tried to play this off the best he could, like he was having a professional phone call. Mm -hmm. And she was like, I have matching panties and bra or whatever. And he's like, yes, that's definitely something I would like to explore at a later date. If we could maybe postpone this conversation. <laughs> like, I love that part. It's an achievement. I don't know if you know how hard it is to get matching panties and bras on a regular basis. Not easy to do. Oh, and listen, I feel like he was on board to have that conversation, but yeah. not in front of every other country's delegation. Exactly. Yeah. So we cut to Chandri and Dahlia are at the beach and Dahlia is lying about Wallace and, yes. and quickly reveals that it's a yeah, joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was like in a playful sort of way, like, because the first lie is sort of maybe believable and then it gets right. like crazy, crazy, like further right. and further down the line. So I feel like that was just her of playing it off like, yeah, he sort of rejected me. What's that about? Yeah. And Chandra's like, yes, yes, yes good, <laughs> good. Let your anger lead to hate and hate <laughs> lead to suffering. And make me feel better about cheating on Ben. <laughs> <laughs> I would have been like, yeah, I did it. <laughs> <laughs> Your sister came on to me and I did it. You know, you're with Ben. If you have feelings for me, that's something I need to know. But I did also sleep with your sister. Also, I had a baby with Bessie Blount and I'm definitely going <laughs> to execute my next wife. So choose your own adventure with this one. I am Henry VIII. So we cut to her job the next day, uh, presumably the next day, this movie plays fast and loose with time, where we find out that the guy that took the job that she turned down is getting fired because the team in Taiwan hates him. And so her boss is basically like, it should be you. I'm offering you this job. And if you say no, I'm never going to offer to promote you again. Which is fair. She's offered to promote her twice and yeah. she's turned her down. Well, once. Yeah. And she does say that she has reservations because she doesn't know if she'd enjoy the job. Her boss, basically, this is because I, I don't know if either of you have turned down a promotion. I have turned down a promotion before. It took a boss being like, you'd be awesome at this and you're only hurting yourself by saying no. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, shit, sorry. But we find out that her boss needs an answer by the end of the month. So we cut to a double date on the beach. And this is very clearly a double date. 
It is Adam and Nicole and Shondri and Wallace. It's very clearly a double date. Yes. And they're talking about Cool Whip, which by the way, this. so I researched a bunch of the weird facts that they spouted each other instead of learning about people. And they're all fake? No, they're not all fake, but this one is. And I, I couldn't really find any basis for the Cool Whip thing that comes up a couple times. It's like her icebreaker and I don't like it. I don't either. Uh, <laughs> I feel like... One of the things we learn about her character later on in this movie is that she doesn't understand social cues because <laughs> she she uses this icebreaker another time in the movie when it's really not appropriate. I honestly feel like the movie was just trying to say, look at how fun Wallace and his friends are and look at how boring Ben and his friends are. But it doesn't play that way in it, the movie. It at all. doesn't. In this scene, they have that cool whip thing and they're having fun. They're all coming up with names. Uh, and then they decide to go naked swimming, skinny dipping. Yeah. And here's the thing. This is a place where a choice is made. This is a hard choice. Yes. This is a choice because they did not need to do it. They choose to do it anyway, knowing it's going to be cold. So they go skinny dipping. And personally, I feel like this crosses a pretty serious boundary. <laughs> Absolutely. It is. You're flirting with disaster here. They have been in an affair for months at this point, but this is crossing yet another threshold. Yes. I think this is one of those things where there's a lot of parts earlier in the movie where you can argue, is this an affair yet? Is it not as we have done on this podcast? Yeah. This is the moment where you cannot argue it. This is an affair. Um, They come back to the shore and they took their clothes so they're stuck naked on the shore with a sleeping bag, which I'm going to say is pretty fucked up because now they've been yeah. put in a forced sexual situation and yeah. no one thinks to call them on a cell phone in 2014. There's so much in this scene that I have a problem with. First off, right before they realize that, they both do that I'll look if you look thing, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's uh, that's crossing the line that we were sort of talking about earlier. But they sort of stay in this situation they don't have to stay in. They yeah. have one sleeping bag. They have no clothes, but they could throw the sleeping, like they could wrap the sleeping bag around one of them, go to the street or go to a payphone or whatever, or use their cell phone, call an Uber and get the fuck out of there. I don't think their cell phone was, was there. They took all I mean, yeah, they, they might have taken their cell phone, but yeah. they could have walked up to the street. One of them could have. But even if they do stay there for the night, they they don't have to basically sleep together. I, I this for me is one of the biggest slights against their friends as far as writing goes. We're like, this yeah. is where we learn that their friends are shitty friends and their friends are. Well, and they get mad. And I mean, they're pissed. From the jump that their friends did this. But I'll say this. If the friends didn't take their clothes, I think they would have had sex that night. I think so, too. Because they were going that direction. It only threw a wrench in their lie to each other. Right. That they're, you know, just friends or whatever. If their friends forcing them into that situation made it awkward and uncomfortable for them. But I think had they not done that, they would have continued the way the trajectory of the evening was going. I don't think they would have slept together that night. I think they would have still crossed the boundary skinny dipping. I'm with Todd, actually. I think that them losing their clothes forced them to confront the reality of what they were both thinking earlier uh, than they were going to confront yeah. it. I, I mean, I can could, I could see that. 
Now, they fall asleep on the beach in what is the most gigantic sleeping bag because either they're both laying just like naked on the sand, which is going to be gross when they get up. They're not, though, because you can see it under them and, and over, them. over them. And so I'm like, yeah, how it big, is a big ass sleeping how bag. How big is this sleeping bag? <laughs> they're yeah. both very tiny people. This is true. <laughs> she is fully taller than he is, though. Yeah, a little bit. So the next morning, their clothes are back. But again, this is basically their friends trying to force them to have sex. I'm not super okay with it. No, it, it's so bizarre because in the past, they're like, they, they don't seem super emotionally invested. Like, Wallace, you're being an idiot. And you're, we know you're trying to sleep with her. Tell her how you feel. That seems to be the theme that they had. Until this right. night, they just go insane. And they're like, y'all just need to have sex. Yeah. She gets back to her house, her apartment, and she uses the ticket. And for me, I think this is... Guilt? Yes. I think she goes to Dublin to make herself feel better, not to tell Ben the truth. Agreed. Oh, yeah. There's no way she's going to tell Ben the truth. Yeah. They both had feelings before this, but after this night where they're forced to do this, they both start actually having to confront their feelings and that you can't play innocent anymore. Right, yeah. Right, which is what they were doing. Which, you know, they were lying to themselves. I think that is brought up, like, briefly in the movie, but that is, I think there's a bigger theme that could have been worked in. So she gets to Ireland, and it appears that maybe Ben was cheating on her because he's coming home with one of the other delegates who, and they are both drunk. Uh, we don't know if that's the case because they do have an explanation for it. I think this is the movie's last ditch effort to make us kind of think that Ben is not a great guy and push us into the Wallace camp. Why, then why not do it all the way? Yeah, Ben's a great guy. Ben is just making sure that she got back to her apartment safely. If he was cheating on her, the movie would have shown us that. Ben's a good guy. And and that's the thing is I'm like, so why why do we get these few scenes that make Ben seem like kind of a bad guy? And it is only half a step. Right. He takes her out the next night, it seems like, with some of the other delegates. And one of them is the woman from the night before. And... They're all kind of just talking in a bar and she brings up the Cool Whip thing. And I think, Todd, you're right. I think it is meant to play that like his friends are serious and boring and her yeah. friends are fun and she's just a better cultural fit with her friends. Yes. But honestly, it just comes off as her not being self-aware of the right. situation. I agree. Because mm -hmm. the other people there That's just seem it. perfectly nice. Yeah. And she just kind of doesn't seem to read the room well. Also, a linguistic styled game may not be fun for people who don't speak English natively. Which is something that comes up where the, the yeah. German delegate has hilarious answers. Yes. And, and I was like, oh, thank you for the one written joke in this movie. <laughs> And so the next day we find out that he's staying for, or no, I guess it was that night and they're talking about it the next day, that he's staying for another six months and he hadn't told her yet. He actually isn't. He was offered the extension. He has not accepted it because he wanted to talk to her about it. Right. And now they're talking about it. Yeah. And she does something that I kind of really hate in this scene is she's like, you never asked me to move here with you. And I'm like, because you shouldn't have to give up your career and your life for a thing that he's doing that is temporary. And that's exactly what he says. 
Ben's a good guy. Uh, the, the other side of the coin is, if you wanted to go, you should have said so. Yes. He gave you a ticket. You could go at any time. No, but you, at the beginning, you'd be like, I want to go with you. Like, I want to live in Europe. This sounds like a great, can I, would you mind he if I came? He would have taken her. Yeah. No, he wouldn't have minded at all. He would have totally taken her. And I feel like he explains all of that to her. Yes. And I feel like in this scene, he's actively trying to make it work and she actively doesn't want it to. Yeah. We cut to the next scene where uh, they're at a bocce tournament. Oh, I thought it was a lawn bowling thing. That bocce and lawn bowling. Are oh, is similar. it? I'm sorry. I've yeah. never heard bocce before in my life. Yeah. Uh, it's a, uh-huh. Lawn bowling comes from uh, Italy. Yeah. <laughs> a bocce. It's, it's a bocce. It's a bocce. A bibbidi bocce. A boo. So uh, we find out that Nicole and Alan had a fight. And so she's spending the night at Becky's. Yeah. He's still pissed it, about the sleeping bag. Thing. He's still pissed that they took his clothes. Yeah. Daniel Radcliffe is. Yeah. yeah. Right. And this is where he kind of confronts him about like, well, Nicole was like, don't get mad at me for this emotional affair because you and Nicole met when she was with somebody. And this is where we find out that Nicole's ex was a real a real dick and treated her very, very badly. Yeah. Yeah. And that basically as soon as they met, she ended that relationship where it wasn't this drawn out thing. But I think that something that's kind of strange about this scene is there's kind of an underlying theme of love has to be difficult. Like difficult love is good love. And I feel like that's a little bit of a dangerous precedent to set. Yeah. So he shows up at Chantry's house. He's going to tell her how he feels. Uh, Dolly is there in a towel feeding the cat. Uh, he finds out that Chantry's in Dublin. See, if this was me, I just would have hit it again. Mikey, can I just ask this real quick? Do you, in your mind, think that after you had sex with Dahlia that you still had a chance with Chandri? Weirder things have happened in this world. Oh, Oh, (laughs) And I say that fully well knowing that I dated two sisters in high school. I mean, is it probable? No. Is it possible? (laughs) Everything is. Oh, no. So. These are jokes, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Your type five needs some work, Mikey. <laughs> so Dahlia at this point is like, oh my God, you like her. She loves Ben. They're going to get married. Get over it. And I yeah. was just like, finally, someone speaking truth. <laughs> but he instead decides to fly to Dublin. Yeah. Which is insane. It's as bad as Christian Gray showing up in Georgia. It's yeah. also incredibly selfish. But that is what he's been doing the whole time, It's just being incredibly selfish. Yeah. So he shows up. Ben answers the door, tells him that she's gone. He asks if she's coming back. And then Ben punches him, which is deserved. Yes, in the face. And he falls literally all the way down the steps. I loved it. He picks up his phone. He's got a message from her that she wants to talk about something the next day at noon. So he has to rush to get back on a plane to get home. Yeah. And Ben does tell him that she left. So he Mm -hmm. literally gets on a plane in Toronto, flies to Dublin, goes to their place, gets punched, and then has to immediately get back on a plane. Right. Which would, I looked it up. It would have cost him $900, if not more, to get punched in the face by Ben. (laughs) I actually have more numbers on that because I did come up with, I did come up with the same figure that it would be a, about nine hundred to a thousand dollars round trip. Yeah, uh, because he probably would end up paying more because he's buying them last minute. Yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to step on your money facts. No, I'm so sorry. no, it's it's all good. I have that in comparison to his salary. <laughs> God, I love you, Paige. I can't. Wait. Okay, 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 okay. We'll talk about it later. I love it. So they get to the 
diner the next day. It is positive that he just barely makes it in time. And what frustrated me is that he doesn't open it with, I just got back from Dublin. <laughs> like, he doesn't tell her. No. He he lies about his black eye. It's this whole thing. He doesn't lie about it so much as he blames it on ninjas. Yeah. Right. And then it's not until a few minutes into the conversation that he says that he flew to Dublin and then reveals that he did it to say how he feels. And she says, that's not why you could have been honest with me anytime. Yep. And I was like, high fives, bitch. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, she's right. I have in my notes at this point, just finally some fucking honesty because this section of the movie, I like. I because do Because she's just like, you could have been honest with me. How long did you feel this way? The whole time. So when I said that you wanted to be friends, that was a lie. And he's like, we are friends. And I'm like, no. And, and she basically says, I told Ben you weren't that kind of guy. So this whole scene, I feel like they're finally honest about it. Yeah, and I was like, are. fucking good. And if this, if, in this movie, this scene was them breaking up for like a year. Which could be because time is a weird concept in this movie. But no, it's not. We know it's not because we know she only had to the end of the week to make the decision about the job and that she would be leaving very soon. Earlier in the movie, it says you're only in Thailand for half the year on the promotion. So we would assume that maybe there is a six because the guy was in Taiwan. He spent six months in Taiwan, six months there. No, when she was told about the job, she had to leave immediately. Yeah. yeah, He's not going to finish out those six months. Right, right. So she has a week to decide and then ostensibly just a couple days later to leave. But I also like the diner scene because, you know, she says all that, which is all true. And then he says true right. stuff too. Like, this is not right. one-sided. Do not accuse me of being the only bad person in this situation. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. He does throw it in her face that she also was a willing participant in the affair. Right. Yep. And they, and they both just lied to themselves. And each other and everyone else and yeah. hurt the people around them yes they're mm -hmm. selfish people mm -hmm. but this scene is good the it diner is. scene is good you know i've complained about the dialogue in this movie throughout this whole episode this is one of the few scenes where they drop that bullshit quippiness and they just say the truth and it's the best scene in this fucking movie yeah well it's the only time they're actually vulnerable yeah this movie has a vulnerability problem <laughs> Oh, Mikey, Which is I why I love it. Thank you. Good night. <laughs> but that's not a reason why you should love it. Like, that's not a good thing. It's a That was a joke. But I mean, I, I came from this. So, I mean, I like connecting to characters who have struggled with issues I've struggled with. Yes, this movie does left turn with it to glossify a, a happy ending. I don't know what ending you saw. This was not a happy ending. We can talk about it when we get there, but. It was not. Yeah, a happy we'll, we'll talk about it when we get there. So the next scene, we cut back to his house where he and his sister have some random fight, and she chokes on a sandwich. This came out of nowhere. <laughs> this is the like I don't want your life scene. Like this, <laughs> right? Where did this come from? The only thing I like about it, Paige, is that after choking and getting the Heimlich maneuver to save her life, she immediately sheepishly starts eating again. She just goes back to eating the sandwich. <laughs> I thought I the actress it. nailed that so well. Very. It was such a good performance. We get a scene where Chandri and Dahlia are going through all of Ben's stuff, which, by the way, that is fully Ben's apartment. Uh, I'll reveal why later. Oh, because her, of income levels? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but her sister is basically saying that you're making a huge mistake by going to Taiwan and life is scary, but you got to do shit. And I'm just like, what are you talking? Like, stop trying to make her not go do her dream job. Like, why can't people just let her do it? Right. Like, I think she was she like broke up with Ben, basically. 
Right. And she's like, I'm taking this job. I'm starting a new life. This thing with Wallace was like a, a red, like a sign that I'm not living the kind of life I want. Right. And and I wasn't happy with Ben. I think she's coming to terms with I was not living the life I want. Right. Which is hard to come to terms with because you you live that life. Yeah. And you're very invested in the life you live. And it's hard to come to terms with that you're not happy. So she makes the decision to go to Taiwan, which I think is great. I think that is good. I think she should go to Taiwan. So we cut to he's at dinner with Alan and Nicole and they reveal that Nicole is now pregnant, which is where I have just an all caps in my notes. How long does this movie cover time wise? Because like, (laughs) who the fuck knows? Uh, They're having a going away party for Shandry. We cut to, oh, he says he's not going to go to that party. So he's like sitting on the phone, avoiding conflict as usual. Yeah. Back at the party. Uh, Nicole opens a beer bottle with her teeth. Super pro. (laughs) (laughs) And he goes to, he's like about to delete Shandry's contact and he chooses not to and shows up at the party. Yeah. And runs into her at the fridge again. And he basically says, your new job is going to be amazing. And I kind of liked that they were just happy for each other. Yeah. Yeah. Because he also reveals that he's going back to med school. He's going back to med school. I kind of really wanted... Them to go separate ways. Yes. At least yeah. for a while. So, I mean, I, mean, th- I like this scene because he ends up, okay, I have to confront the fact that we did this. Like, this is the truth of what we lived. We made these decisions. We yeah. need to deal with the consequences. She's leaving. She still meant a lot to me. And he got yeah. positives from it. Like, he's like, I've got to get, because he d- he was basically doing the same thing as her, living a life yeah. he wasn't happy with. And they both, yeah. it took both of them finding each other to confront the fact that they both were just not happy in their lives. Right. right. And they used each other as as like a, a, like a band-aid to feel better. But they, they had a connection. I get it. But I mean, like... I feel like Chandri was happy in her life before Wallace. I, I think there's an argument to be made because of things she said about, I never change anything, things like that. But people changed. I, I think there's an argument to be made, especially with the Ben stuff, that she may have not been super happy, and that's why she didn't fight for the, the Ben relationship. I think the movie doesn't give us enough to know. Yes, yeah. I, I and I totally agree with you. But like, this is all my head canon because because it it seems like that's where they want to go. Right. But like you said, there's some holes there. Like time. There's some holes. He shows up at the party. Everyone else is gone. They give each other gifts, kind of like parting gifts, and they give each other fool's gold, which is something we haven't talked about. But it's a very unhealthy sandwich that Elvis used to eat. I but it who is. cares? So want to eat one. Uh, I have recipes because I, I looked it up because I was really curious. <laughs> well, they talk about how to make it in the uh, movie. They do. And they get a couple things kind of wrong, but I'll oh, go okay. over it. It's gross. Oh. But I mean, the, the point is that like they gave each other the same gift and now they're going to die together of heart disease. It's so <laughs> cute. <laughs> also, we saw Daniel arrive at this party. Did not have that. It takes a while to make. <laughs> But I'm saying we we saw him show up at the party. We saw him walk in the door, and he does not have it in his hand. It was in right, his hoodie. Right, right, right. <laughs> that thing is the size of two footballs. He planted it at Adam Driver's house and then showed up to it later. It was oh an God. inside job. Oh, my God. Okay, anyway, anyway, I will say, so this is one of the reasons I really like this movie is the gift. They give each other the same thing. It's like a diabetic gift of the Magi. I, yes, it is food, <laughs> but it means like they know they they pick the thing that would like be sweet and thoughtful. Like, okay, this was like the best part of us, and we like gave it to each. You know, like okay, they they you know they picked a gift that was meaningful. Okay, I had you can keep this in the podcast. 
when I had an emotional affair with someone and we realized like she was married and then like we were really good friends for a long time, but then it kind of progressed. Like one night we had like a really deep conversation. It started progressing. And then we both were like, Oh no, this is, this is very bad. Like, okay. Like, I like I'm I'm developing like real feelings for you and she's like I'm the same and this is bad. I'm like this is very bad. So like we have to go our separate ways and not be friends anymore. Yeah. So we made that decision as adults like to be like okay, like this is this would be bad for me, this would be bad for you, this is bad for everybody in our lives, unlike the movie. But we were like, you know, let's um let's just have coffee one last time and say, you know, part our separate ways and say goodbye. And then we both got each other the same gift, which was one of our favorite books. And we both wrote an inscription, like advice for the other person for their life. And we both got each other the same gift, which was really a cute moment. But then, and then, you know, and then we went our separate ways, but it was nice to be, you know, it was like a sweet moment that it reminds me of. He does say in this scene, I kind of wish we could have a time machine and I would go back to the night we met and I wouldn't change anything, which just means he would do it again. Yeah. He was like, hey, remember that time we uh, started an affair? I, I loved it. I wouldn't change a thing. No notes. I, I think it's terrible. I think it. I mean, yeah. I get what they're trying to be romantic, but you should be like, I think I would have gone back in time. And just been like, I have feelings for you. Like, I think yeah. that's yeah. what he should have said. And that would have like further developed the characters. Yeah. Yeah. But what would have happened is none of this movie because she would have been like, well, I'm happy with my boyfriend. So bye. Well, and then her boyfriend would have gone to Ireland and maybe they would have broken up because of the long distance. Right. And then maybe she and Wallace would have gotten together in a ple- completely like normal way. Right. That's not problematic. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then and then um, this is where I think they should have stopped either the movie or had the happy ending after a long time skip well yeah because at this at the end of this conversation they end up kissing they end up kissing and the sandwiches kiss which was kind of fun um (laughs) and then we cut to 18 months later where she comes home from taiwan and he's there also because they are now married and we find out that he went to medical school in Taiwan to be with her. Yeah. We cut to their bougie basic wedding where they have children at the wedding. Don't have children at your weddings. So we cut through their wedding where we see that Alan and Nicole have had their kid. Uh, they've got that disgusting sandwich as their like. It's like their quote unquote wedding cake. Yeah. Yeah, it's, a, it's like their wedding cake. We They ask him if eating a placenta is cannibalism, um, which is... I mean, it's a good topic of discussion. It's, you know, interesting. I asked my uh, friend who's a uh, delivery nurse, I was like, yo, eating the placenta, what's that about? And she was like, oh, don't do that. You can get really sick. And I was like, okay, <laughs> thank you. I actually really like her wedding dress. It's short, simple, very cute. Uh, they climb up onto the roof where they're hanging out together and then they kind of have this weird quippy conversation that is kind of weird where they're going to like hit their sexual peak in their 90s and it just kind of rambles and doesn't really go anywhere. And they're going to have sex until they die in their 90s. Sex until they die until ideally his sex kills her and it basically ends with them on the roof and And that's that's the movie. movie. All right. So having seen the movie, having talked about the movie, what do you guys think about the movie? I've I've got some pretty big story and moral issues with this movie. Yep. Uh, same. I uh, I found this movie entirely watchable, but I'll never watch it again because it glorifies cheating on somebody, and that's horrible. Yeah, I'm I'm with Todd on that one. So, Mikey, why did you love this movie? I love to cheat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. No, I mean I. Well, you know, you you project on movies, and then you headcanon them to fit with your projection. 
Okay, so so you like it because you didn't watch the movie. You watched what you wanted to see. I think art is subjective, and that is part of the process. So, I mean, yeah. he, here's Ugh. the thing. E- everyone does that to a degree, you know, just like I projected the prince having more of a change arc in Ever After. <laughs> everyone yeah. has a headcanon. I just think this movie has a pretty dangerous headcanon. Oh, if you project my previous situations, which, you know, I've been in two in my life, but they were different situations. You know what I mean? Right. But it's nice to know that like it's happened. Like it's it's nice that there's like a movie kind of about like what happened. And like like I said, the ending is not. I mean, I don't think that the ending is realistic. And I think a better ending would be she goes to Taiwan, he goes to med school, and they meet three or four years, a few years later at at, at the play at the same at the fridge doing another poem. Yeah. And I. Th- I, I agree because I, and I think I think I really like because two people can make really bad choices and wake each other other up to the fact that they're not living the kind of life they want. And part of realizing you're not living the kind of life you want is making big mistakes or, or, or failing uh, things like that and coming to terms with what that means and what you're going to do differently. And I think I like that movie because I've done that and made course corrections twice. And I and I like seeing that in a movie, and I and I and I and then that's why I like the movie. I think we saw people make bad decisions, but not course correct in this. Movie. I, I think they course corrected, and then they tied on that wedding scene. I think I think they could have kissed at that going away party and gone their second ways, and it still would have been a good movie. See, I would have removed the kiss. Yep, I would have had them give the, each other the same present. That's fine. Yeah. But then I agree. The only way this movie has any redeeming quality to the story for me is if they go their separate ways. They meet much later, single, and are yeah. like, let's try this again. Yeah, that's the ending I want. Because that's the only realistic way that this, these two people would work out. Yeah, but these people would never work out. Yeah, I don't think they're still together. Like, let's let's go and talk about the, are they still together then? So do you guys think they're still together? No, I don't think they're still together at all. Because I don't think he's done really much work at all to, or her, to work with both their conflict avoidance and communication within a relationship. And I think they are doomed to repeat the same patterns because I don't think they're going to be vocal about their actual needs in the relationship. This movie came out in 2014, so by her pattern, they would have broken up because one of them cheated on each other last year. Right. And I think it yada yada's over a lot of that. Well, we just never get there on the timeline. But uh, yeah, yeah, I 100%, 100% agree with you. Like if if like if while he was in Ta- if she was in Taiwan and he was in med school that they were doing work, they could work. But yeah. if not, absolutely correct they wouldn't work. And yeah. that's why I think the only way that you could have a happy ending is if they go their separate ways and there's like a montage of both of them like growing as people and then meeting single. The happy ending would then be growing as people and then meeting other people and marrying those people. But it's a romantic comedy, Todd. So like at the end, they would meet back up and get you, like, that's that's but that's see, the only way to make it work as a romantic comedy. Mikey, this is what you and I argued about all day because right. you want it both ways. You want a realistic romantic comedy with no shenanigans and real people, but then you don't want the held to real consequences yeah so i mean but like i don't see why this couldn't be a romantic comedy about two people who were in a bad place did very very bad things with each other and hurt other people and that was a catalyst for them fixing their shit and then the next time they met someone they had a spark with they made it work because they met that person made those mistakes and then fixed their shit but they don't have to be together that movie would end at the giving each other gifts and going like her getting on a plane him going to med school like i think that would be a great ending i think that'd be a great ending i mean the only way to get the the quote-unquote happy ending of them together is if it montages them going separately 
growing as people right. and coming back together single. Right. All right. So, Paige, do you got some fun facts for us? I got some fun facts and math nice. for you. Okay. So, let's start with her finances and career. So, in Canada, animators can make anywhere from 40 to 90 grand a year Canadian, which is the equivalent of 30 to 60 grand US dollars a year. Now, the cool thing about Canada is because they have much more documentation as to the realities of their social costs. We can find out the average of what it would cost her to live in Toronto per year, not counting her rent. So things like cool. food, medical, transportation, etc. Right. Um, including taxes, which would be about $927.54 US dollars. So not counting rent. And that'd be about 1100 Canadian. Is that a month? That's a month. Okay, that's not bad. That's not bad. That one, that's not counting her rent. I know, that's what I'm saying. That's not bad. It's not bad, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm like, you- that's still not bad. <laughs> yeah, I spent like 300 bucks a week on groceries. Do oh, you yeah. really? <laughs> well, yeah, I have Natalie, me, and seven animals. Yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> I always forget about your... Por- <laughs> like, let them eat each other, and then you solve all the problems. Uh, that would cause one big problem in my relationship, Mike. <laughs> Jeez. Now, based on the average cost of housing and groceries, internet bills, etc., uh, a single person living in Toronto needs a minimum salary of $49,545 before tax or $38,572 after taxes. So she's in that range to live as a singleton in Toronto. Yeah. However... The apartment that they're living in is it starts at twenty five hundred dollars per month, which she could not afford. No. Uh, Ben is paying for that apartment. Now, let's go to Wallace. So his salary as an instruction manual writer is about forty to sixty thousand dollars a year U.S. dollars. So it's about the same as what she makes. They're kind of in the same range, but he doesn't have rent necessarily because he lives in the attic or whatever yeah he lives with his sister mm-hmm. lives with his sister um but non-stop flights from toronto to dublin start at 500 to 600 dollars one way which means it would have cost him about as todd brought up earlier about a thousand dollars round trip yeah to take that flight to dublin the bonus with canada is their medical school costs about a third of what it costs in the u.s and their loans work a little bit differently so for argument's sake let's say that he actually doesn't have any loans when he flies to Dublin, his estimated expenses for that month would be approximately $2,000 with his day-to-day expenses, no rent, and the plane tickets, which is literally like all the money he has. Yeah. So he did um, the savings that month? If he had savings, because remember, he was a student and a resident, and they don't really make money. Right. So in Canada, some beaches have upper torso nudity allowed, so they might not have been arrested for oh. being naked on the beach. Uh, now, Fool's Gold, uh, now they kind of haphazardly describe it. It is an Italian loaf of bread with two tablespoons, which is about a little over like a third of a stick of butter uh, spread over the whole loaf, which is actually not a lot when you're spreading it over an entire loaf of no, bread. You can do way more um, butter. You can do way more butter. <laughs> they they hollow it out, toast it, peanut butter on one side, blueberry jam specifically in the other side. I'm and here then a, for it. A pound of bacon in the middle. Uh-huh. One, one loaf is 9,000 calories. Hell yes. Jesus. Now, here's the thing. I don't love this in loaf form. It sounds gross, but I feel like if you made a grilled cheese, like a grilled peanut butter and jelly with bacon, 
I'm yes. here for it. Uh, yeah, I think it'd be good. Like a smaller yeah. scale. Yeah, yeah. A smaller scale. I think it could be really or, good. Or you cut it up with everybody. Right. Now, Elvis's colon at the time of death weighed 45 pounds. Jesus. Uh, the average weight of the human colon is about 7.5 pounds. Wow. <laughs> I think this is my favorite fun fact you've done. He, he was severely impacted bowels. Let's just say that. And that's it for fun facts. Those were some interesting fun facts. All right, let's do some box office. You guys ready for All this? All right, let's do box yes. office. Also, this movie had a different name in Canada. Yes. So this movie, I'm glad you brought that up, Mikey, was called The F Word. That explains so frigging much. Okay, yeah. sorry. I read through a bunch of reviews today, and some of them were like, The F Word. And I was like, did they review the wrong movie on this page? What's <laughs> happening? No, they did not. They changed the name for the U.S. release, from what I gathered. Mm, I might not okay. be right about that, but the name did change after its initial like release. The budget for this movie was $11 million. Damn, this Re does not look good for $11 no, million. No, it does not. This looks like a $1 million movie. Let's talk about how much it made. So uh, it came out the first week it was out and it was only released in 20 theaters. Let me give you a heads up on that. Uh, when it, the week it came out, it was 32 that week. It was August 8th, 2014. Again, only released in 20 theaters and made $133,000. Yeah, it didn't do great. That next weekend, the weekend of August 15th, it was in 787 theaters and it made eight hundred and $54,000. So it, it made a lot more as it got into more theaters, but it still did not do well. Let me have you guess. What do you think it made total box office run for this movie? Domestically and internationally? Total box office, yeah. I'm going to say $3 million. Two. Okay, so the total box office domestic and international was $7.8 million. Oh, okay. okay. Well, right. So, yeah, but it still lost a lot of money because the budget was $11 million. Yeah. Uh, it did go on to make about a million dollars, a little over a million in DVD and Blu-ray sales, but still did not make any money. Yeah, that's bad. Yeah, it did not do well. But I mean, honestly, it's not a great movie. It's definitely polarizing. I'll it certainly has been on this podcast. <laughs> I mean, I, I will go ahead and tell you that this is my sweet home, Alabama. Oh, okay. I mean, we are following the two villains of the movie like they're the good I people. I hear what but you're all saying. But there's no exploding cat. <laughs> okay, you know how romantic comedies, everybody has like the one that you're like, this. well, Paige, you were kind of like this with Fifty Shades. Like, this movie's batshit insane, but I love it. Oh, I mean, I don't love Love Fifty Shades. It's bad. It's a bad movie. They're bad people. It's an abusive relationship. I'll fully admit all of that. That's true. That's a bad example. But most people who love romantic comedies love one or two, and they're all full of bad people. I mean, we can all go ahead. Fifty yeah. First Dates is mine, where it is. Oh, it where is, it's like you're abusing a disabled, mentally disabled person. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I got. But it. I still love the movie. Yes. Yeah. 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 I just I feel like romantic comedies are like a Russian roulette of like. I'm picking something terrible and I'm going to like fucking dig in <laughs> and like everyone has one and it's really funny because you remember all the hate that people gave us for Sweet Home Alabama or 27 Dresses. It's like that's some people's movie. This is mine. OK, it's my choice for the next movie and we're doing a one of mine for the next movie. Do you want to go and say what it is? Uh, so it is October and I thought it might be nice to have. Maybe a little bit of oogie spooky romantic comedy. Ooh, yes. So next week, we're watching So I Married an Axe Murderer. Yes. Oh. I love this movie. I love that movie. 
That is yes. one of my favorite movies of all time. It is also misogynist as hell. <laughs> I have not watched it since I was a teenager. Is it really oh, bad? Yes. Oh, yeah. Well, here's here's the thing. Here's what's terrible. It has some real bad attitudes about women. It, you know, told from a male perspective. Yeah. In the 90s. But. But Spin Doctors, right? But Spin Doctors. <laughs> ba- it's Bay City Rollers, by the way. It's oh, Bay yeah. City Rollers. Thank you, uh, guys, for not hating me after this episode. I, and I know I was emotionally attached to this movie, and I realize all of the unhealthy things that go along with that. Thank you for being kind while I defended it. I will die on this hill, and I'm sorry. <laughs> You'll die alone, Mikey. <laughs> Yeah, I, mean. I got all my mean out 20 hours before this when I started arguing with you about this movie. <laughs> I knew it was going to be an episode that would create conversation. Mikey, do you have a review for us to read? Definitely not. All right. Well, while you look one up, let me tell them how they can have their review read on the podcast. And that is simply to leave us a five-star text review on your Apple podcast app. And guys, actually leave text. Something for Mikey to read and have a little fun with. So, Mikey, do you have a review for us to read? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nice. Hit us with it. Ridley67. Oh. Says, 50 Shades of Fun. (laughs) Yes, it is. (laughs) Love the new podcast. I'm a devout horror virgin listener, and I'm happy to have a new show for giggles and fun. Paige, Mikey, and the ever-tuneful Todd always lift my mood. Thanks. Five stars. Is tuneful a negative thing? I don't know what that means. Yeah, I think it's it's totally a negative thing. That's why I read the review. (laughs) (laughs) Hang on. Let me Google it. T-U-N-E-F-U-L-L? Oh, having a pleasant tone. Well, that's very sweet, Ridley67. Thank you so much. And if you guys want to have your review of the podcast, leave us a five-star review. If you like this power thruple, you might like our <laughs> other podcast, The Horror Virgin, where we make me watch horror movies and we make fun of me and the movie. It's sort of yeah. like this episode where we made fun of Mikey and the movie, but it's about horror movies and I can't stand horror movies. <laughs> so, so, And Paige also has two <laughs> other podcasts, um, Black Card Rehab and The Cult Podcast. And Mikey, Ooh. of course, is on The Horror Virgin with me as well. Uh, and if you want to follow us on social the show's account is at romancing the pod show or on twitter it's at romancing pod show one no just on twitter it's at romancing pod show because there's a character limit yeah so that's s-h-o for sure yeah so guys uh follow us there if you want to follow us all individually page is at rampage wesley everywhere except for twitter where she is at page wesley mikey is at m randolph 24 and i am at todd j awesome um yeah. yeah. Oh, and if you want to jo- hang out with us on the daily, join the Facebook group. It's pretty great. We have a yeah. pretty great community there. It's pretty fun times for sure. I literally just posted prom pictures. Oh, yeah. Of Paige and I at prom. Not together, but you know. My mom is super active in the Facebook group. It's adorable. Mm. Todd stood me up for prom. That's what <laughs> I did not. I did not know you. Also, wow. it would have been very inappropriate because I'm way older than you are. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> From all of us here at Romancing the Pod, I'm Mikey. I'm Paige. And I'm Todd. And you complete us. To To completion. completion. (laughs) (laughs) Laters, babies. Uh, Bye. Bye. Have a great week. (laughs) 